Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again this week with JB and I'm joined for the first time in many, many weeks. It's, it's been too long since we've spoken. I've got with me Pistol. How are you? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm psyched. I'm ready to podcast. It's been a while. I'm definitely looking forward to being here on such an important week, JB. How have you been? How have you been scoring? How's the team going? How's how's life? I want to hear it all. I was pretty desperate to halve my rank during the buys. Uh, I didn't quite get there. I had a 19.05 last week. So small rise, but unfortunately, I copped the injuries as did many people. The Proust one really hurt um, in particular. And yeah, could have been a big week. It could have been a really big week, but up to 12K, which is still my worst ever rank so hopefully uh it will just continue climbing towards the end of the season but we'll see how about you i i had a shocking week absolute horror week um parish missing out I, I was going down a premium down i couldn't afford an upgrade i was going essentially two premiums down at that point and then i had rioli and anguin and uh Tickle and <laughs> Um, the the list goes on of just poor scores, unfortunately, this week. So um, that was fun for us. Butters as well, yeah. mid seventeen hundred. Um, I fell down to seven and a half k rank, which not too bad. I, I'd obviously it's not too bad considering where we started, but I'd still like to crack into at least the top five k. I thought I'd be able to get top one k um, by the end of the season, just depending on how my bias went, but. They didn't go as well as I planned. So 7.5K, not too bad from this point. Ready to sort of balloon on into the top 5Ks from here on though. 
Um, so the Dr. Spigot Cup is underway. Just a shout out to that. Um, so we got 512 participants in the cup this year. And the, the first round is this round, obviously coming up. Very, very difficult first round. Yep. I don't think we could accuse anyone of getting a free ride, anyone of not having earned the cup, because if you can get through this round, then essentially you're setting yourself up for a good run already. Uh, so it's going to test a lot of people. I might go out first round. I've got a donut this week. Um, so. I'm likely following suit. Well, I am following, going to follow suit as well. So, yeah, right, so. donuts for both of us. Uh, good week for the Cancer Council. Not a good week for the podcast. No, and speaking of donuts, Pistol, uh, it's a beautiful fall right now and our friends at Manscaped want to make sure it's a, it's beautiful when your pants fall just just on that donut trend. Jeez. Um, don't let the trees be the only thing dropping their excess leaves. Give your trunk the look it deserves with the leaders in male grooming in and their fir- fourth generation performance package. I can't speak this podcast. Um, it's going to be Always a get your baby makers ready for a cuffing season like no other and join the 4 million men mel- worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And of course, as always, for 20% off plus free shipping, please use the code DRSC. So thanks again to our sponsors, Manscaped. And as always, we are again sponsored this podcast powered by Code Sports. So thanks again to those guys as well. So a couple of very friendly sponsors that we're very, yeah, very happy some, with. So Some good Code Sports articles uh, that we wrote throughout the buys. Um, some very good suggestions there that have turned out to be suggestions we'll probably be talking about in this week. So um, yeah, if you took note of those, hopefully it was helpful. Um, and JB, I'm going to jump into the Cancer Council. Uh, there were quite a few donations. Obviously, it was a bit of a tough round. Um, first up, we have Steve Riverland saying a donut for the McDonald round 13 out, despite all the planning and brilliant advice from JB. Brilliant advice might be, you know, two kinds. Who was that donation from? I still didn't plan well enough for the buyers. My potato brain is at it again. Yeah, that rhymes. Steve. Was, it, was that? Riverland. River? Riverland. Oh, yeah. Nice river. Thanks, River. <laughs> Thanks, River. Um, this one is from uh, Cheese Eight. You might recognise that name. Um, no idea who that is. I think they came eighth last season. I'm not sure. Um, can they? Are they? Wait, sorry. This is off. This is off topic a little bit. Um, can are they going to change their name next year to like Cheese Twelve Thousand Four Hundred and Twenty Six or something? No, but like Cheese is it, is it going to say Cheese Eight something? Oh, sorry. 12? <laughs> I, I went Come too on. low. Um, no, no. Do you think that that's going to be a trend going forward or do you think the Cheese 8 is just going to stick around until uh, he dies? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, that, that option. All right. All right. Uh, or, or the, back to you. We've got a nice message. It says, uh, I'm in a daze caused by Sam Hayes. Nobody told me not to rely on Rioli. It can't be Christmas. There was no carols. But you know what? It's... Like, so what? Because I can't remember the last time I had a donut, which was a pretty poetic rhyme slash rap. I don't get it. He took donuts from those players in round 13. Um, Jason has donated, saying pair of donuts for round 13. B-Rad, double donuts in round 13. Thanks, guys, for your donations. Uh, The Dirty Nightshares. Um, says, not going to let Richmond stand in our way to kick cancer in the nuts. Please don't tell Mrs. Schneiders, this has happened again, which is pretty funny. Um, 
Anonymous has donated saying McVeigh won't play Proust and Port don't need a rock a tasty buy around donut. My ranking now is sunk. Thank you again for your poem and donation. Uh, Kimbo says... I don't know if that was a poem. That was that was just frustration, I think. No, it's rock and sunk. Uh, yeah, actually, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, mate. Yeah, yeah, go, might, not, might not. Maybe it was a rap. I, mean, I need an accent. Uh, donating <laughs> no. for donuts, holding Tim English at R2 this week, not donating for the dumb things as this is a big brain move. Also calling out Bredo and Slack for not donating for his donut. <laughs> Kimbo, it's hilarious. I love that. That's so funny. Love that from Kimbo. Uh, Kentucky Fried says, tipping the wrong race and it coming last by 10 lengths. The actual tip one. That was embedding today. Um that we 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 have we have a channel so it's separated from everything else. Uh, someone gave someone gave some advice. That advice came through. Someone else jumped on the wrong advice and said that through. Everyone else got on that as well, and that, and that lost by a lot. So um, yeah, That's, yeah, that was actually that was funny the way. I don't I don't like discussing that on the podcast ever, but that was funny the way that progressed. No, today, I, so. lucky I read that through when I got to tipping the wrong race. I was really worried where it was going. Um, so I'm glad it ended up yeah, PG. True. <laughs> true. It came back for a full swing yep. and came back around. Definitely. All right. Um, I think um, is that it? we're almost at time to actually, you know, do what we, we set out to do in podcast about Supercoach. Yeah, let's do it. So it's it's obviously, as people know, it's a tough round this week, but maybe tougher than any of the buyers, maybe the toughest week that we'll face in a long time. Um, I say that because a lot of people are going to be getting donuts this week and somewhat even avoidable donuts, but not in a, a pleasurable way. So we're going we're gonna to discuss just trading options off the rip. Uh, we're going to go through defense, midfield, ruck and forwards. And then we're going to finish by talking about the individual players that are missing, whether we think they're trade-outs or not and, and as per which situation. Uh, and then um, we're going to just talk about the dynamics of why you'd avoid a donor and and what you'd sort of do. So um, it's be a, a lot one. of discussions <laughs> to be had. A lot of discussions yeah. to be had. So let's just start off with our trading options because a lot of people, whether you're you're avoiding donuts or you're making your last upgrade this week, a lot of people are making trade-ins still. So um, I'm going to be one of them. I'm doing my last upgrade next week, uh, which feels horrible. It's the la- it's like earliest I've been full premium besides one player. And that one player has taken the longest to get to full premium. Um, so it, it's it's a strange season, but we're going to start in defense. We're going to start with Tom Stewart um, and, and just discussing the timing of this trade-in and just how good Stewart is and, and where you rank him among people that have money. But you, you know what? They, they needed a lot more money a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's fallen to 583. His break-even is still 210. Um, if you're making your last upgrade this week, you can afford Stewart. Are you just doing it? Are you waiting? What are your thoughts on Stewart? Because he's potentially dropping to 540 this week. Yeah, this was a gift. Him, He was on 25 at halftime and ended up on 95, which just goes to show how quickly he can score. I mean, this is really a 120 average player for the rest of the season wrapped up in a nice little bow. Obviously, if you can wait a week and pick him up for 540k, that would be the ideal situation. Um, I would be looking as well if you don't own him. It's, I guess you've got to weigh up a sideways trade as well because if you're, if you're trading out someone who might average 100 for the rest of the season, 
um, as I don't know who people's D6 is, obviously team dependent, but if there is uh, someone that's averaging 100 at your D6 and you can get Stewart, who, who's, you know, a 115, 120 player, there's still nine rounds for the rest of the year. You'll be making up bulk points, like a lot of let points. Me, let me cut in here for a second. For sure. Um, I think we should have this discussion off the rip, just just so everything that we say from now on has a little bit more context, because otherwise we'll just be referencing it. A million times. Like, Yeah, and um, it's essentially... A lot of people are asking about trades and what the what the, the breaking point is on actually I'm not doing short to Stuart. Instead, I have to hold these trades. Yeah. And I think this round was it was extremely eye opening because um, it's all it's all good to skip through the season as we do and then get to the end of the year and oh we got these two trades left. Why did we even save these trades for injuries? We just got three injuries this one week now. Two very popular players. Um, more even more than three injuries, but it's the three main injuries that are affecting teams at the moment. Um, what is the number, if you could put a number on it, of trades that you need remaining? And this, this is projected post full premium yep. before you're starting to do these sideways trades. I like ideally... I mean, look, it depends on your risk profile and tolerance. In the perfect world, you want six. I don't think many people have six. I think realistically, for me, my tolerance is probably four. So I'll be sideways trading technically. Um, someone potentially like Short, who's my worst defender, uh, to Stuart. For, uh, and going down to four or going down to going three? Going down to four. And that, that would okay, be yeah. my kind of limit, I think. If you're a higher risk player, you could go down to three, but geez, less than three, I would not do no, it. I, I would I don't, not do it. I don't even think that's. I don't think that's even correct. I think if you're a higher risk player, it's four. You're going down to four. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, and so I, I think right now your plan is to be a higher risk player, and um, and I agree with it. I, I would also be higher risk at this stage of the season and go down to four, um, but I, I don't think anyone should be going down to three trades. I, I think. If you're going down to three trades because of a sideways trade, um, the points that you're making up now will, will can so easily get swallowed. We've got how many weeks left? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Yep. Nine weeks, or is is it technic? Is it ten? Because we're going into fifteen. No, no, no nine. It's just nine. nine. So we got we got nine full weeks. Nine matches per week. I don't know my nine times tables. Is that like <laughs> eighty-one? Is that eighty-one games? Yep. Yeah. Um, we got 81 more matches of football to be played this year. If that doesn't scare you on three injuries occurring in 81 matches to to, to some of your guys, in in a, like that could that could happen in a month. And then what do you do with your final five weeks? Bench cover. Bench cover. And what's our bench cover looking like this year? Like unless unless Paris. you're very unique, <laughs> unless you're very unique with with how you've structured your your trades and. Um, your luxuries and etc. You probably don't have good bench cover. Where There's is my defender some, bench some cover? Some bench cover going around is quite good. I will say. Um, some I've seen is really sure. <laughs> Maybe if you've got unbelievable bench cover, you can afford to be a little bit more high risk. But essentially, the message is the same, right? You don't want to be going down to three trades. I think you want at least four. Yeah. And then you can assess again in, in two to three weeks if you've had no injuries in that time. No, fair enough. Definitely fair enough. It's it's more of a, I think you work out exactly how many points you're expecting a trade to be worth um, and then seeing if, you know, for example, uh, Stuart, as I said, upgrade is going to net you more than 
150 points on the run home, but trading out, you know, let's say a, a forward donut this week, if it's Proust to somebody worse than Proust, you know, you're only going to be getting 80 or 90 points or whatever it is, and then it might not be worth, you know, the trade might be better spent elsewhere. So, yeah, definitely a conversation to have a bit later in the podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm glad I'm glad we assessed that. So back to Stuart. Uh, you did mention sideways into the sub one. So now I can actually say reference the chat we just had to to, to tell if you're one of those people that could potentially be sidewaysing. Um, but besides that, unbelievable upgrade target. The number one defensive upgrade target in the entire game for the next three weeks. Um, it's that simple. It is that simple. All right. Who else you got for us? Uh, we got to get a little bit more creative now because not everyone has even the 580, 540k. Um, we're going to have to look down a little bit and just see who the hotter players are for a cheaper price. For example, you could save 60k this week on instead of getting Stuart, you don't have the money, um, someone like Adam Saad for four, uh, 525k. Um, his five, three round average is 113, five round average is 106. Um, he hasn't subtunned since round nine, um, in which he, he had 81. Since then, he's been very good. So um, he's the type of player I suppose people will start to look at instead of the Stewarts if they can't afford it. Um, this is obviously projecting where they're going to land at in with getting full premium and making all their sideways and upgrade trades. Um, yeah. What do you think on Adam Saad? Definitely helps with Zach Williams out of the side. And I don't see that changing, at least. Um, I, I think he might be up for the season or back for finals or something. It's a, it's, it was a long-term injury off the top of my head. It's a lengthy injury. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, even prior to that, he's had a pretty solid season. He's had eight tons from you know his 13 matches, which is a very good return for a defender. I mean, if you're hitting more than 50% ton rate and he has a decent floor, not an amazing floor, but... You know, it's not like he puts out the 30s, 40s, 50s type scores. I'd say his floor without Zach Williams is probably 80, 85. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think um, he's quite good at 525K. doesn't really break the bank. And there's a bit of a POD as well, which doesn't hurt, um, at, you know, at this stage of the season, especially when they're not bad ones. Um, I think out of the cheaper options, he's right up there with the best of the best of the best. Let's go cheaper. All right. Let's let's look really to the dregs of the uh, of the Supercoach platform at the moment. What about Aaron Hall, four hundred and ninety six k? I know your thoughts on this guy already. Now that he's had his return game, he he's dropped a little bit more cash. His break even is still one hundred and twenty seven. He failed to turn up in his return game, which makes it since round two that he last turned up. Obviously with that <laughs> break on. as well. No, but there was there was three weeks after round two. Mm. So he's, it's been four consecutive matches of sub-tons. Um, uh, I'm curious on your thoughts on their run home and what Aaron Hall might be, be able to offer, especially compared to, to now saving another 20K on Saad and, and about 100K just about on uh, Stewart. Look, I think the problem I had with Hall watching him the last time he played was he... The first half, he was great. You know, I was like, all right, yeah, it's Hall of old. You know, he's on, I think it was at 50s at the halftime, taking the kickouts, looking really good. But then he started playing much further up the ground and they took him away from the kicking area um, and he just wasn't as involved. I mean, they basically look for him down back and he just wasn't around there, which is a bit scary because I'm like, what what, what type of, what the heck type of role is this? Um, and that that's enough 
already from one game back as coupled with the injury history that scares me i mean the reason you get Hall is for that 115 upside but if that doesn't look like it's there i mean i can't really then advocate for the pick yeah i completely agree i i think essentially you're if you're purchasing the risk of aaron hall um you want the risk to, of, of of injury to be mitigated by the scoring potential and this year, even before the injury, the, the 70 against Brisbane, the 97 against Sydney, he, he wasn't quite looking at going the 120s. The, the first two rounds, he looked like Aaron Hall, but it was against Hawthorne and West Coast. Um, as soon as he came up against a little bit of tougher opposition and then again against GWS, and I, like the injury game, he was on 71 and it was like halftime or something, 60 at halftime. Um, he was looking good that game, obviously, before the injury, but I, I don't want to get carried away and say he's not going to turn up again or anything, but you, you sort of, you, I don't think the injury risk is mitigated as much as we'd like it to be with the potential of a 120 average. I think he's now looking at 105 average for the rest of the season, and, and that's not quite enough, even at a discounted price, to to not spend 20 extra thousand on someone who you think is, is probably safer. Yeah, I think he um, goes less like than Adam that Saad. at the moment. One, less than 105. Yeah, I think yeah, it's I mean, more of a 100 enough. type at this stage. Just um, Okay, I'm not going to score over five points, Pistol, but well, I, I'll, well, I I'll will. back you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Um, all right, so now do you have a left field option? Those are the guys who um, have been catching eyes. Do you have someone to throw into the, the ring as, as a left field option that people might not be <laughs> assessing properly? Daniel Rich, 5'10". Yeah, 5'10". Um, so uh, being a rich owner... Essentially, the, the 55 was the tag game. That's what's um, really driven his price down. Since then, he's done nothing wrong. Back-to-back 119s, he looks like the Daniel Rich that we bought, the Daniel Rich of old. Um, he, his run home is, is very up and down. Obviously, he plays for Brisbane. They're going to have um, a, a tougher fixture coming top four last season. Um, but I, I don't think I'd put it past Daniel Rich going 105 plus for the rest of the year. Yeah, he could, he could go about that. So five five ten. I think at this point, I actually think Adam Sard's less risky than Daniel Rich. Oh wow! Okay, why do you yeah? Because that- I mean, well, Rich Rich still actually has a little bit of injury risk himself, um, which those who started him assumed would be mitigated by the fact that he was a potential one fifteen. He's not one fifteen. I think we can say that quite comfortably at this stage of the season. Um, in fact, this is his first consecutive tons for the entire season. Um, he was very up and down. He has been a tag risk now, um, now that we've seen that. He versus GWS again in round 18. Um, and I, I'm just not as confident that he goes um, or matches Saad. And Saad just seems, without Zach Williams, like someone who can just consistently go 105. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't have anything um, to add to that. Why have I got Mark Blitzarves written on my sheet? <laughs> um, I think the defensive slash ruck cover might be handy for some people this week um, if they're potentially, you know, one away from full primo, a very team-specific pick, and looking at copping a ruck donut, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone with this. Um, Blitzarves has been, I mean, phenomenal for most of the season. He's had eight of the last... 10 games as tons, um, which is pretty great given that's a low of 83 and the other game was a 93. He doesn't seem to score, you know, significantly worse without, you know, 
you know, Stanley with Stanley, without Stanley. Um, there's minor differences, really. I think it just affects his floor more so than his ceiling. I mean, he's such a good runner that Geelong just use him, you know, in whichever role they need on that day. But he's, he's just a good AFL player. And with so many games at GMHBA Stadium left, I mean, I think there's uh, one, two, three, four, five remaining. So more than half of the games there. He scored really well there so far this season with a, a 119, a 135, a 101, and a 116. So if you have more than half of your games there for the rest of the season, you're probably going to do all right. So yeah, a bit of a team specific pick, but I think he goes all right, JB. Okay, now <clears throat> I've got a question for you. One one last question before we finish defense. What if you've got exactly $432,700 to spend? <laughs> Jeez. I don't even have my thing sorted by prices, so... Uh, it's Lockie Whitford's price. Oh, God. Um, let me try and back find... Back-to-back tons now, Pistol. I, I just want to... No, 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 no. It was rhetorical. It was rhetorical. Let's discuss Whitfield. No, no. Zorko, I can see Zorko and Pendle's right there. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want the discussion. Did you say 435? Um, 432 oh, and 700. Okay. Just, just out of reach of I Stephen I very May. specific. Yeah, no, I saw him. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're talking about Whitfield. Here we go again. Whitfield, back-to-back tons. I just want to know if you saw the game, if you saw anything different in Whitfield's game that might be... He's 432K. We're talking basement price. We're talking saving a lot of money here if people are getting very desperate. Is there any percentage chance that this guy is able to go 95-plus for the rest of the year? Just destroyed me this season, Whitfield. Absolutely destroyed me. Um, Look, the scores are good. He played well against Bulldogs for a 101. That's fine. I just really want to see what impact Hopper and Taranto have on this this GWS side, where he gets you know moved to if they drop where and he goes back and Taranto slots into the half forward. I don't know. Um, I really want to see what happens. I don't think they're fully settled. Um, maybe he plays pure wing for the rest of the season. I, I don't know. I don't feel super comfortable jumping on him without some of those questions pure wing is good I think we'll know in two weeks but by then he might be you know 480k yeah so you're not ruling out that he's a dead pick no if you were really desperate his break even is 36 do you think he can go 95 for the rest of the season I mean he could I don't like it though he's got injury risk as well so it's not like you're paying I mean it's mitigated by his lower price but it's not like super super low, um, and he's if, yeah, if for anyone who's shopping at this it, for anyone who's shopping around here, I'm going to give this this stamp of approval. Jeez, I think if you're this desperate that you're paying this price for someone, the the trade that you're making elsewhere is going to make up for it, and and the other side of the coin is going to be worth getting a guy because I don't know who's priced four thirty and sub in the forward line or it's not even that because you'd have to spend up more in defense, but essentially, however the, the conundrum works that you're having to get someone this price in defense, I'm backing in the forward to, to do better than what the, the defender pre, um, alternate is going to do. And I'm backing Whitfield to just hold his own with a 95 for the rest of the year. Alrighty. I'm backing it. Let's, let's move on from that one. <laughs> hey, look, sometimes you got to put your name to something and you got to put your, your donuts on the line. And that, that's just what's let's, happened Let's here, move so. on before you start talking about Houston again, please. 
Oh, wait, Houston. <laughs> oh, damn, I've already clicked the midfield tab. All right, let's go into the midfield upgrades, Dan. <laughs> Houston's um, a defensive first of all, so you get both. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. First of all, Dan Houston. Um, <laughs> Jack Steele is the guy who I wanted to first talk about. Um, obviously, at the moment, priced below 600K following those back-to-back 70s, one of which was a shoulder injury, um, sending him out for about three, four weeks. It's been five weeks. Um, now he's coming back. He's got a very large break even. Even if he scores at 115, he drops about 35K this week, um, all the way down to about the 550K mark, which is very cheap. So my question to you is, would you rather Jack Steele this week if you've got the money? Say it's your last upgrade. You've got the money. You're going to go Jack Steele. Or would you rather actually just wait a week, see how he plays with the shoulder, assess again, cop the, the rookie score on field, um, and just get him next week, post the, the the drop, and just assuring everything's okay. Probably just make sure. Is he a good trade in at all? Even yeah, I'd probably make sure his shoulders and pop back out. Give it one more game and see if he's tackling. Um, if he's too scared to tackle, then you're going to have to look elsewhere. But if he's back to, I mean, he gets a lot of his points from tackles. So if he comes, if he plays this yep. game and he gets two tackles, I'm going to be like, well. Maybe I don't want to get him. But if he plays and he gets 10 tackles and I'm like, all right, well, giddy up. We're going to get this absolute bargain. And not just that, you get a two-week window to pick him because he, he had two back-to-back 70 scores. So he's, his price won't even rise um, you know, from a, from a big score anyway. So he's probably he's going to be at 550 for two weeks in a row. So that's good. And this falls back into the Stewart conversation where people might want to sideways trade and an M8. Um, I think it's within the realm of possibility that he's 20 points per game better than someone like Zach Merritt at this point in time, unfortunately. And I know some other people... He's not 20 points per game better. He, he might be 10. Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe 10. It could be 50. It just depends on how... It could be 50. I mean, Jack Steele last season after the bye, you know, went like 130. So I know it's not... Yeah. Um, it just off the it just depends it's a on bit the risky, injury, but right? I get it absolutely. Yeah, he, his, the yeah. upside is there in that he might be twenty points per game better than Petrarca if Petrarca suddenly falls off a cliff. Um, you know, Darcy. Yeah, I was going to say Darcy Prash, but I meant Zach Merritt. Um, these guys could potentially be just a lot worse than Steele, and there could be a lot of points to gain, as well as JB a captaincy option. So that's something that you need to take into yep. account as well um, because typically Steele's been really, really consistent. And for someone like myself who, thank you, took Miller, another 100 flat captaincy scores where I literally have picked like four good captains in the entire season um, and everyone else has been a flop. It's going to be very important for me to be able to, you know, probably do like a kneel into a steal and vice versa situation. Um moving forward so yeah definitely looking at that as one of my last so him and Stuart is my last sideways moves um fortunately I was full premium last week so um got there quickly but now it's just about optimizing and then I'll sit tight with the rest of the trades for after that Sam Walsh another guy break even 164 price the same as steel this week um, worst case scenario, still doesn't work out. Sam Walsh is your backup option. He's also going to be pretty cheap next week and a pretty good budget option. Um, I wouldn't be trading in either of these guys. I think um, if you are waiting on a sideways trade or even waiting on full premium like I am, um, I'm more than happy to watch these guys battle it out for just one more week just to make sure I'm, I'm getting what I'm paying for the week after. Yeah, it's look, uh, no one in the game except for 
McRae, Neil and Oliver and probably Mills and Laird actually this season have the scoring potential of Steel. So it's worth getting a look at and waiting for that, I think. It just depends on... Yeah, it depends on the shoulder, but Sam Walsh could go identical, if not better than Steel, if Steel's shoulder isn't yes. functioning correctly. So watching them both for another week, I think, is is a great opportunity. They both have high break-evens. They're both going to be cheaper next week. Um, I, I just think this isn't the week to do the upgrade if, if you're considering it. It's funny because any option you... I mean, just take it as a blanket rule that any option we say for now, the, the answer is wait one week for Steel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, genuinely. The only other guys I have here to talk about, um, Ben Keyes is really cheap at 539k. Um, just got his first sub 90 of the season, which is very upsetting. Um, owned by 8.6% of teams, but still just a very consistent super coach player. Um, hasn't had the best return in the last five weeks with a five round average of 100. Um, despite only two sub tons for the season, his three round average is 99. So that's that obviously goes to show he's, he's getting the lower tons rather than the big tons that he started the season with. And then Zach Merritt, 529k, obviously back-to-back 90 scores that a lot of people now know about. He's owned by 7.4% of the competition. Um, also facing a decent break-even, so another one um, to assess for another week. But there are cheaper options around if, if you do need to budget in the midfield this week. Um, but essentially, as you said, Wait one more week and get Jack Steele. That's it. That's that's basically the the blank device. If you want to go even cheaper, like we're talking cheap, cheap, cheap. Did you have any names? Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> None actually. Uh, Travis Boak looks okay just because of the colours he wears, but no, essentially, I, I'm I'm just relying on you to pull a name out of your hat here. <laughs> I assume you've got someone. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, if you had exactly, you know, 507,900, you might be looking at Caleb Sarong. Um, he's been really good in the last six weeks. Um, had scores of 117, 111, 107, 75, 119, 127. So he's had five of the last six games as quite big tons, um, which is nice to see. I mean, it feels like weird timing with five back and you're like, uh, you know, what might happen there but he's been playing at least um last week against Hawthorne as more of the like offensive midfielder and Brody was playing more of on the defensive side so I don't know if that's a trend that's going to continue but at that at that price you kind of you pay kind of what you get but you get a little bit of potential upside as well so if you need someone that dirt cheap that's probably where I'm looking in that basket into the ruck now. We're going to move on to the obvious Jared Witts coming off his first low score of the entire season, 68. The one week people needed him um, to bounce in and, and just do well for them, obviously following a Max Gorn injury. Owned now by 43.1% of the competition. Uh, a super reverse PRD if you are still fading Jared Witts. His break-even is 163. Um, that's going to be 160 again next week. He's going to he's going to drop to about 540k, um, and that's with a couple more tons in the next two weeks. So, um, obviously, someone that if you're looking at this week, uh, you're likely doing so to avoid a donut. 591k on its own, w- without actually considering the break-even, I think he's still pretty cheap for what he's producing. Um, the 68 for me is potentially the biggest non-factor 
ever. <laughs> um, he's still just an incredible pick. He, he's still going to go one ten, one fifteen plus for the rest of the year. Um, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't factor in the sixty eight. If you were keen on Jared Witts before this week, uh, there's no reason to not be keen this week. I think there was a stat. Forgive me, I can't remember where I've read it. Um, it was like he's average probably on my socials, but one twenty seven since like round four or something. Um, yeah. So he's been big, and and the thing is, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but his ruck run after that Rob game is just phenomenal. I mean, moving forward, we've got Port Adelaide who basically don't have a ruck at the moment. We have Collingwood who you know we're using Cameron, um, Richmond, and then Essendon, Brisbane, West Coast, Hawthorne, Geelong, North well, Nick, Melbourne. Nick Nat will be back for the West Coast one, but yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, that's actually a good point, but. Um, it's almost <laughs> why 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 did you sound surprised by that? Oh, uh, just because like <laughs> there's no reason for West Coast to bring back Nick Nat. I mean, he's back in the next two weeks. I mean, they'll they'll play him because they need to. Um, but there's no like real. What are they doing? I don't know. Um, they're just playing their their superstar when he's fit. <laughs> yes. Um, I just think that that rack run is almost perfect. Um, it's close to it. So when you've got a guy that's already been averaging 120-plus for majority of the season and you can bring him in this week, just do it. Like, don't overthink it. So it'd be massive overthink to pass on wits if you, if you can afford it this week. Sean Darcy is the next one to discuss. Has lost 84K since round one. Break-even of 179 this week. He's going to lose more money uh, and have a decent break-even the week after still. I, unless he goes massive. Unless he goes I reckon massive. he's a half a chance against Carlton. I, I think he's every chance. Um, last year against Carlton, I recall he did ridiculous things to DeConning. Um, got up near about 180 plus, I believe. And this year against Carlton, um, I think he's going to do potentially something similar. I think he's a good... I think he's personally a good option. The fact that he's the last ruck standing is extremely ominous. It's um, hilarious. He he and Wits are sorry the last two rucks standing, one off of an ACL and one off of uh, you know Inches the guy who game. misses every second game, um, but it, it's great. I mean, it's good for them. They're they're the durable athletes this year for some reason. Um, I think Darcy summarizes the season, doesn't it? It really does. It, it puts it into context <laughs> for sure. I think Darcy is a perfectly fine trading option this week. Um, he's cheap. He's he's only. 33k cheaper than wits yeah um but if you've already got wits and now, now you're sort of trying to plug a different hole like you had gone and wits combo um there, there really aren't that many options and I, and I think darcy's just a really happy medium of you know what you're going to get from this guy he's going to go at the bare minimum 100 plus he's going to have a super high ceiling he's vcable um I, I just think although he's had back-to-back color lowering games um i think for the rest of the season he's he's good to go he has port adelaide after the carlton game as well so some big scores on the cards i mean when you've got someone it's darcy ceilings almost unmatched so i think he's a totally good pick for the rest of the season i mean i wouldn't do that and go down the three trades that's for sure i think that's asking for trouble but um to be honest though like Uh-oh. if you have 33 more k i get wits um if i'm choosing between those two Oh, absolutely. Um, are there any other ruckmen you want to discuss before we move on? I think now, obviously, we're discussing the forward rucks 
in the next discussion. Yeah, I think um, Riley O'Brien probably needs to be just mentioned. Uh, he is a pretty good scorer, um, just, you know, his groundwork. But the problem I have is that they've been ruled out of finals um, Adelaide and once that happens, you never really know what they're going to do with their team lineup. They've already dropped him once this season. Um, yep. I think, you know, you've got to look towards the future. Brian's quite old now. I think he's like 34 or something like that off the top of my head. What? Could be completely wrong. Um, but he has a very, very capable backup. He's 26. Riley O'Brien's 26 years old. Yes. Jesus Christ. Are you sure? <laughs> He's younger than me, mate. Oh, my God. I have absolutely learned something in this podcast. I thought he's been around forever. Correction. He's older than me. Uh, uh, that, that was a lie. He's older than me. You're right. Um, he's on the borderline, though. He's only played but, since 2015. Jesus. Yeah, dude. What We got him as a rookie like two years ago. I have no idea who I'm thinking of currently at this point in time. I'm clearly Bloody under the Goldstein, weather. Goldstein, that guy's old as shit. <laughs> I'm clearly under the weather at the moment. Yes, it is affecting got... my um, performance yeah. on the podcast. Anyway, but anyway. Yeah, look. Um, no, what you're saying is right, and I'll, I'll come at it from a South Australian perspective. I said this before the season even started, that Riley O'Brien at some point would get dropped for Strawn. Um, Strawn, extremely highly rated internally, has been playing well in the Sandful. Um, if he keeps the, pr- the pressure on Riley O'Brien, it's only going to take one week. And, and Strawn might only come in for one week. But the fact of the matter is, Strawn's going to come in for one week. You're going to have a donut that week. Then Riley O'Brien's probably going to replace him straight away. But they're just slowly getting experience into this lad because he's their future. Um, I, I think Riley O'Brien might even be looking for a new club before long. So um, that sort of goes to say how much they, they rate Strawn and, and what he brings. And, and it's just something to monitor. I wouldn't be trading into that situation if I could avoid it. So Now he's um, got another eight years right. at the club since he's going to play till 34. Yeah, I, I just – like age-wise, he has time at the club. Um, talent-wise, I think they rate Strawn higher, uh, maybe even already. Um, it's just that Riley O'Brien's got that mantle. It, it's It's a complicated situation, but it's sort of what Port have been worried about with Sam Hayes as well. Um, but he's just sort of come up and, and shown that he's not quite the level, um, yeah, AFL level. So interesting situation at the very least, but not one that I'd be willingly trading into. Um, My mind is blown. Let's go through the forwards, lastly. I'm still... Your mind your mind and your nose are blown. Yeah, my mind and my nose are blown. That's true. Um, into the forwards, did you say? Forwards, yeah. This is this is interesting. There's a, a, there's a lot of a lot of, of picks. I think I'd like to start with... Um, can I just throw names at you, like, and, and you just give me? We can commit as much time as you want to each name, but I just want to throw names at you. I've got a bunch here. Yeah, all right, we can do that. Go for it. All right, Canelio, with the stipulation that there are two GWS midfielders returning soon. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. It's it's honestly like it's been a story the whole season of like these the GWS team and coming in and coming out and being a Whitfield owner and thinking the same things. I mean, he's just had almost his best CBA split for the season last game. Um, And then straight away there's Hopper who's two weeks away and also um, Taranto. Taranto that's, you know, a week or maybe two weeks away. I think, you know, Mark McVeigh's already said that they would like to play the people in their best positions and stuff like that. And I think that's a two way, straight right because hopper can't play anywhere else so if they're thinking 
oh, play our players in the best positions, midfielders and midfielders. I mean, Hopper is a midfielder then. So, so what happens to the split? I don't know. I don't know. The what thing happens. is, I think I think Taranto's best position is midfield as well. But I think both Taranto and Canelio are capable enough forward. The thing with Canelio is, is he hasn't obviously been playing exclusively midfield. Not just that, he's been kicking a high amount of goals so as well goals. per game. Um, and I, I just, if I'm going to bet on anything, I'm going to bet on the fact that a Hopper and Taranto affect him enough, and b. Uh, he doesn't continue kicking one to two plus goals per game. Um, so if I were to predict anyone to sort of just look, he might still average a hundred flat with those numbers, even with all those factors. Um, but if I'm tipping for someone to come back down to earth in the next few weeks, it's Cornelio. Yeah, oh, it's just it really does feel like a don't buy, don't sell at at that price. Yep. I mean, look, honestly, last week sub 500k, I'd feel a lot better about it. But now when he's in the same price range. Pretty much just like Libba, where we're, we've got more, I guess, surety. Oh, well, that, that's my next name. All right. Well, then I'll just go straight into it. But Libba, I feel more secure in his role, particularly with Smith outside. I mean, Libba's been underratedly good since round four, where he's only had three subtons since round four, and they've been an 83, an 87, and a 92. Like he was, I think last week he had a five round average of 110, and now he's just got it 102. Um, <laughs> I forgot the Supercoach site still says a five-round average. He is 109.4 and a three-round average of 109. He is a player that will go between 105 and 110 for the rest of the season. I feel pretty good about that. I don't really know if that's the same from now on with Cornelio. Obviously, we can't you know, go back in time and get his 174, but um, I feel pretty good about Libba um, for the remainder of the season, and he's only in 3.4% of teams as well, so... Um, again, he pushes that POD mantle, um, and I think, yeah, he's he's probably my go go to guy at I'd say that price, but that price is pretty much the top tier expensive midfielder, seventh most expensive forward, someone who's. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A little bit on the cheaper side, Isaac Heaney being discussed a lot. I'm going to put his stipulation at that actually needs two goals per game plus to be able to score well. I think his average without scoring two plus goals is is low 80s. Um, so he he needs it. Having been an owner of him for a few weeks there, exclusively the bad weeks, um, he his role especially in close games and late, he, he gets the Mills treatment a lot. He goes to a wing to, to push back into defense. 
um, or he goes to a wing to, to try and cause an extra up forward. But either way, he doesn't score well in that role. He scores well exclusively leading out of the forward line and getting the occasional CBA to, to sort of spruce the tackles up a little bit. That's his role. And I'm not confident he gets that on a game-by-game, quarter-by-quarter basis. Um, so with all that said, what are your thoughts on trading an Isaac Heaney this week? I think it's unfortunate for the owners that got burned, and I know there was a lot of them. But when you take his numbers purely from a numbers perspective, they're really not that bad. I mean, in the last five rounds, he's only had one score below 92, and that was a 53. You know, 92, 94, 53, 96, 124 sounds pretty good for somebody that's only 453K as a forward and has multiple years history of going 90 plus. Totally agree in that, you know, that midfield role is, you know, a dead dream and he's he's a forward. But that that's not bad timing when their draw for the rest of the season is quite good. I mean, they've got um, five games at the SCG. Again, that hasn't been a good thing for Heaney in the past, but it's the opponents that is, I guess, the, the important factor here for the rest of the season. Saints, Essendon, Bulldogs, Freo, Adelaide, GWS, North Melbourne, Collingwood, and Saints again. Um, there's a lot of good matchups for Heaney, and you're paying now what I think is a much better value rather than paying, you know, like 540 or Heaney or whatever mm. he peaked at. I mean, 450K is much more palatable if he does go just, you know, 90 to 95. So uh, I'm, I'm all for the Heaney pick, but again, you got to just be careful with these players who are somewhat injury prone and bringing them in as your last couple. Like I can't, are you really going to get like Darcy and Heaney this week for, for Bruce and Butters? Like probably not. <laughs> no, I, I did that about six weeks ago. Thanks. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> you did those tracks. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Close to it. Um, all right. Jeremy Cameron is the next name on my list here. And can I just say before everyone laughs and turns the podcast off, I've owned this guy in a keeper league all season. Um, not someone who I kept last year, but someone who I drafted. He's actually been really good, and uh, there's been a lot of his scores. I'm just looking through. The 54 against Essendon in round one, um, he was on 54, like, I'd say, five minutes into the second quarter before he had that injury to the ribs and needed to go into the ambulance, but then somehow played the week after. Um, he's had a couple of games like that where he, he's just sort of copped some sort of an injury early, and, which has stopped him from going bananas. So I know that, that it looks like he's got a really low floor, but I don't think the floor is... I think the floor is probably 70 in a, in a normal all things considered match. I think his floor is 70 and he's got a ridiculously high ceiling. He, he just put up 153 against the Western Bulldogs. So um, look, I, I, at 513K, he's about 50K overpriced for what I'd like to pay for a Jeremy Cameron punt, but I don't think he's the worst um, selection in the game. Yeah, with that draw of mentions uh, for Geelong with five games at home in, in the run home against some easy sides as well. I mean, West Coast, in round 23, it's you know very, very tasty. And North Melbourne in round 16 is extremely tasty. There's every chance that he averages 100-plus. You know, I mean, he'll have some stinkers, but he'll counteract that with a big 150 score as well. So, yeah, at that price, it's probably not good value, but it's probably fair value for what you can get um, on that run home. Now, the, the names are getting more and more speculative as I go here. Let's talk about Harry Himmelberg before we get carried away. And I want to talk about him from a perspective of someone who doesn't own him, watched him on the weekend, really appreciated his 
um, scoring capabilities in defense, really didn't appreciate his actual defensive capabilities in the game. Um, I thought he got caught a lot of times, caught out um, losing his defensive matchup. And then also noticing, and I know this is injury affected as well due to Priest getting injured, um, but maybe it's not entirely that. He played all right when he went into a ruck forward role in the last quarter. Any of that, does any of that, as someone who's a non-owner looking to potentially pay 500k for him, does any of that tell you that I absolutely should not pay that money? I, th- I, I wouldn't. I own him. I brought him in last week. I don't think I would bring him in now. Yes, I agree. I think 503 is not cheap enough for that risk. I mean, he went up 67k last week. It it was amazing watching how quickly he could score those eighty points. Like it, he was scoring with ease when he was playing in the back line, and then he moved once he moved and only scored like fifteen points for the rest of the game in over a quarter. It was pretty worrying. Um, honestly, they have a lot of black forwards and key forwards and rucks and whatever they got going on in that GWS line. I feel pretty confident that he'll play back, but. It's going to be that Sicily type thing where they might throw him forward if they're desperate to kick a goal near the end of the game, and well, that's going I think to it's it's I think coaches are underrating the fact that he was their leading goal kicker when the move happened. It's not, it's like Sicily was struggling as a forward and then got reinvented as a defender and still thrown forward occasionally just to take a mark. Harry Himmelberg is absolutely in danger of the same thing. And I'm not trying to concern people who have him because I think he's a really good commodity to own. But I don't think he's a good commodity to purchase. Um, obviously, if you're an owner now, you got him for something around 430k, uh, which I think is great. Very good value, playing the game correctly. Now, if you're buying him, I think you're just chasing those points and, and buying into a lot of risk mitigated by not much upside um, in terms of the price and uh, the consistency that we expect for someone who could easily get thrown around. Yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, Obviously, we're all going to f- the, p- the owners like myself are fingers crossed over the next yeah. couple of games. So he and just plays absolutely. I mean, plays Collingwood this week, so I'll obviously be keeping a close eye on it. I'd like to think that he plays as a defender the whole game. If he does that, he's going to score really well against Collingwood because our forward fifty entry is so poor. Um, yeah, there's uh, there is upside there. I think if he gets the right role, but you know, any sort of switching around playing forward, it's just a dead pick, and then I'll. Look to, I guess, trade him out to steal um, next week. Before so, I get we'll into the ruck forwards, I want to just quickly discuss a few more names. These are going to be real rapid fire. Um, Toby Green. <laughs> um, He's priced at 436k. Yeah. He's cheap. I'll give you that. I think I prefer Heaney for like 14k more. Yep. I mean, Toby Green's like floor is really low. Um, you can't buy the points. Yeah, no, you I just agree. missed the I seven agree. goals. I, I, I only want short it. answers here, Pistol. Sorry. I yep. only want short Go answers. Jack Graham. So Graham, I looked into because he had a five-round average above 100, but his role, his CBAs haven't shifted at all like since round three or something like that. So no real difference in role. He's just playing much better footy, which is not something I appreciate when like Dusty is missing. So he didn't get more midfield time. Um, I would have liked to have seen kind of a spike or something because it just means that he's, I guess, higher up the pecking order. But he's in a position where he's not going to get more midfield time for the rest of the season. So 
yeah, I'd, I'd stay away there. I think it's not a trap, but I don't think it's a good value pick. Someone who you've spoken about their upcoming run in a very positive light before, Taylor Walker. <laughs> Taylor Walker? I thought we were going to go with Tom Hawkins. Not yet. Yeah, Tex. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um, the run is not as good now because we've already missed the West Coast game where we were speaking about the, the run forward. Um, look, you get those inconsistencies with these big key forwards, but I'd put him in the same basket as Jeremy Cameron. North Melbourne this week, you'd think he'd kick a bag. Melbourne's not a good matchup. And then against, you know, um, they've got North Melbourne again and West Coast again towards the end of the season. I think he's probably slightly worse than Jeremy Cameron. And that's only because Jeremy Cameron plays for a much more dominant side and they're better at home. Um, than Tex, but I can't really knock it too much given... No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think Jeremy Cameron's the pick out of those two, um, depending on what the, the 20-odd K does for you, I guess, but yeah, likely Jeremy Cameron's the better pick. I'm going to move on. Uh, Liam Baker. Yeah, Baker's also playing really well. Um, that, that back role is good for Richmond players. The problem I have is Baker is good everywhere. Like, they could play him if they wanted to, they could play him half forward and he would be really good. And if he played the half back, he'd be really good as an AFL footballer. He's just Ruck. good. Yeah, probably not Ruck. Although maybe. They haven't they haven't played in there yet. We'll have to wait and see. Um, TBD. It's that versatility that it makes it too scary to pick him because you, you think that they're going to settle him in the half back line, but you don't really know for sure. And that 464K, it's not a bargain anymore. If we're talking three, four weeks ago when he was 380K, I'd have a look. But we're not. So... I think he's safe in that position and I think he's going to average 90 flat. I just don't think that's good enough, especially with the names that I see around him. Yeah. Um, a good player, but he's more expensive uh, than I just Heaney. don't think he's... Yeah, I just, I, and he's not better, a better no. pick than Heaney. Jade Gresham. <laughs> so Gresham's good, but he's 490K and he's averaged 95 this season and I don't see much reason given Steele is about to return that he's going to average you know that much more than 95 for the remainder of the season so it's probably a a fair price Um, and I do think he just goes 95 for for Eston you could totally buy him I mean they've got six games at Marvel um, out of their last nine so he's scored pretty well there this season actually almost exclusively all of his tons except one (laughs) Have been that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, have been at Marvel. So the hundred nine. I'd still prefer Heaney. Another case where I just prefer Heaney. I think there's an argument for Gresham because his scoring is so good at Marvel. But Gresham and forty k. I mean, he's got a low of ninety nine at Marvel this season. So Gresham and forty k. I think it's probably about even there. Hmm, okay. Um, good run, Mitch Duncan. <laughs> good run, Mitch Duncan. I mean, that's a cheap pick. It's it's in the same price range as Heaney, so I'd feel much more comfortable 451, with yeah. Heaney. He's actually, ironically, scored terribly at home this season. A 77 and 82 and a 47 and a 67. Is he... I, I need to see this. Can someone f- figure this out and tweet at me? Is he the best half first half player and worst second half player in the competition? Might be. He always starts well like, at one. Comparatively, not like... He, he would obviously score more points than... People were averaged twenty in the second half, but comparatively to his first half, he must be the the worst first half second half split player. Second worst in the league. 
Why? Who's the worst? It's got to be Dylan Moore. I can't say I've paid attention he's, to his scoring he, that he much. He scored like, I think, I can't remember what the stat was, but it was a ridiculous amount of his goals had come in the first half and he'd basically not scored in the second half. He, he'd have so many Right, yeah, he's a very good first, first quarter player. I know that He had much. like 50 plus, like super coach quarter, like in the first half. He'd be on like 70 or 80 at, at halftime and then just at score like 95. Interested to know. If anyone can follow that up, I don't even know if we get that many listeners at this time of year to, to have someone <laughs> to do the perk up and follow that up. Yeah. One one last name before we get into the Ruck Forward discussion, Adam Trelaw, owned by 18% of people. and Another Bulldog. Um, yeah, another Bulldog priced at 505k. He's, he's, he's fine. I, I put him in the same. I'd rather Gresham at the same price. I mean, his scoring's not that good. Trelaw is averaging 97 for the season. Uh, has a squad risk mitigation people he does not tick the risk really. mitigation box 82 and 88 he's still very two. injury prone yeah look I'd, for, I'd pay Gresham at 25k less if I had to if I'm pick, it's like the same type of pick so I'd probably look there JB can I throw at you two cheap ones that you can just kind of tick off actually just one it's Tom Hawkins he has a good run coming up no no I don't no <laughs> Tom Hawkins um, has a good run no, coming up uh, he do, he, I'm sure he does um, because of the GMHBA games. Now, he just hasn't quite been that guy this year. Uh, he's only had the one, two, three, four, five tons um, to this point. He's been consistently decent, but just just not that good. He's got a 33 against Sydney, a 64 against Fremantle. Um, look, I'm not even sure the GMHBA is that big of a factor for him. Uh, he hasn't tunned at GMHBA since round four. That's his only ton there. So... I think Jeremy Cameron's the guy now. Um, Hawkins can afford to stay at home, kick his three or four, um, but doesn't need to be involved up the ground as much as what Jeremy Cameron does. What about Mason Cox? <laughs> I told you he had to get a disposal last week no. for you to be able to mention I him in the podcast. I fell for it so badly. So badly. You've broken the rule, though. You, you lost the bet, and you've already mentioned him. I'm sorry. We'll have to wait for him this week to get a couple of touches. Apology not accepted. <laughs> Um, three ruck forwards to discuss before we move on completely. Firstly, let's talk about. Um, I nearly called him God Toldstein, <laughs> um, but Todd Goldstein. That's a funny way to rename him. Um, he essentially since round seven um, has looked incredible: one twenty-five, one forty-two, one hundred three, eighty-eight, one twenty-three, ninety-eight, one hundred four. Um, games with and without Sherry in that mix as well. The issue with Goldstein is he's 532k. The solution with Goldstein is he could offer a potential ruck cover, um, especially this week where it might be needed, and um, essentially has good scoring history. It's just, is it going to continue? What are your thoughts on him? So it's been an interesting case for Goldstein, as you said, with Sherry in and out of the side. It's, you know, made a difference. But I think interestingly, since he's come back into the side... Todd Goldstein has remained as the number one ruck. So even playing alongside Cherry, there's just um, been a 65-35% CBA kind of split going on between them. Um, there's no way in really knowing what North Melbourne are going to do. I mean, do they just you know try and go for the number one pick again or do they play their best side? I think they've just looked better with Goldstein in the ruck. So... You'd hope they'd continue that way. And Goldie's, as you said, he's got the scoring history. There's no reason that he can't maintain 
his scoring, his current scoring rate. Like he could go 110 for the rest of the season. They would not be surprised. But at the same time, Goldskin could end up on the wing <laughs> like when, when I traded him last season um, and then be terrible. So it's that high risk, high reward pick. Um, I, I don't personally think it's too bad, but the price isn't super kind either. Like 535k, we're so close to Liber territory. Like for 15k more, I think I'd just rather the safety of Liber, although it doesn't. What doesn't if it you. prevents a donut this week though? It is because that gives a significant um, what trade off. Essentially, you're you're avoiding you're getting a hundred points in the bank this week. Yeah, so I guess I'll just have a mini rant because it's going to impact all of the rack forward discussions. Yes, please. As you said, Goldstein this week is likely... I mean, people that are copying a donut probably have a combination of Proust and English and I guess like Tico or something, so they're looking at that donut. Goldstein is 100 points guaranteed. I gotcha. You know, I'm in that situation. However optimizing your team with another trade such as Stewart or Steele, which we spoke about earlier in the podcast, probably nets more than 100 points. I mean, we were talking earlier back at the beginning of the podcast about Stewart likely earning you 150 points for your team. And Jack Steele over my M8 is almost certain to gain more than 100 points before the end of the season. And if I'm on a limited trade situation and the game's about you know overall points, I'm thinking I'd rather use my trades to optimize and cop the donut for one week, knowing that I've you know got a ruck. I'd say knowing, but you don't know anything with GWS. Um, and you've got kind of a bailout as a Proust owner, such as myself, in that if Proust isn't named next week, well, Darcy Cameron's likely to fall 40K and you can, you can Darcy Cameron, I meant um, Sean Darcy, and then you're able to make that swap much more cheaply as well. So I think... To me, that feels like a standout play. Um, I mean, you might disagree, JB. I'm, I'm not really sure what your stance is. But yeah, it's copying the donut, I don't think is that bad if you're in a situation where the, the optimizing your team might net more points for the rest of the season. But again, very team dependent because you might own Stuart and your M8 might be Petrarca and then you won't be getting you know 100 points benefit from, from bringing in Jack Steele, for example. In which case, then Todd Goldstein is the... I guess the pick for you. Um, so yeah, very team dependent on that one. I think it's interesting. It's actually difficult to comment on Goldstein, Darcy Cameron, who you've mentioned, uh, and we'll talk about Luke Jackson. <laughs> I mentioned Darcy bit. Cameron by accident. <laughs> um, no, no, I think it's a, it's, it's no, it's a fair name to bring up. But I think those two, I, I just wish there was slightly better options i wish there was a slightly better name that that tickled me where i could go all right this guy's guaranteed 100 i can make that trade knowing that i've secured 100 points this week he's going to hold off whoever my my trade out was anyway who's missing this week um cover the donut cover future donuts potentially as well um and be happy with it i don't i just i'm not confident with either goldstein or i'm definitely not confident with darcy cameron um, obviously, Grundy's coming back in about a month. Um, yep. It will take a week. And Darcy Cameron just goes from the guy who he is now and has been to the guy who averaged 50 in the early parts of the season. So as unfortunate as that tale is, the Darcy Cameron run is coming to an end eventually. 
Um, and you, you just can't trade into that. Todd Goldstein, I can't, I kind of trust him. Um, do I trust him enough to, to use a trade on and trust that he's going to continue to play throughout the entirety, entirety of the season um, and at a, a premium rate? That's really difficult. That's really difficult to commit to. Um, people out there might, and if they do, then absolutely. I, I would suggest that this trade is beneficial. Um, the thing that just gets me stuck, it's not even the fact that I could do a sideways somewhere else in my team and, and sort of make the points elsewhere because think about it you're locking in 100 points growth this week and potential growth going forward for just having the cover right yeah that's guaranteed i mean he's not guaranteed to score 100 but he's guaranteed to, to score you whatever the points are that you trust that he gets this week the the, the steel versus merit conundrum the Stewart versus short conundrum they have more variables. They have to last nine weeks to get to that yes, endpoint. That's right. There's nine different data points that could have, you know, injuries or just bumps or knocks or tags or um, all of a sudden merit went 150 this week and now Steele's only going to make 70 points on him, sort of thing. There are so many variables. Goldstein just has to perform this week and then survive the season as anyone else would have to survive the season. So I understand the risk. And I understand the trade prospect. And look, I'm, I've got complete clarity of the situation is what I'm trying to say. But I still don't have advice on what people should do as as just a blanket advice, um, which we, we give here. We we sort of cut through the, the BS and try to give good blanket advice that people can follow. I don't really have the answers for this scenario because it's, it's more so person dependent. It's dependent on you the listener and what you think Todd Goldstein is capable of what you think Jack Steele is capable of what you think a trade is worth how many trades you have how much money you have there's so many impactful ways that this this impacts you I think the important thing to end off on is to say you don't need to desperately cover the donut it's it's not the end of the world you you're going to lose on, on people who are able to cover this donut with a Judson Clark or a Roses or someone, you're losing 60 points, maybe 50, yeah. maybe even 40. Like there, there's there's a scenario where their replacement doesn't even score enough to impact you this week. So it's not something that I would really stress over, but at the same time, you got to understand um, your process. And a lot of people already have a thought process on this and they're sort of wanting us to tip them over over the edge. I would just back yourself in is my best advice, I guess. I, I don't know if that's really lame pistol, but it's really <laughs> like it's, it's difficult to just say, hey guys, just go and do this because I'm honestly looking at this scenario for my own team. And I said off the top that I was getting a donut. I don't know anymore. I'm considering Goldstein. I, I just, I don't know. Um, so I, I've, I've got a lot to think about as well. I need to get some clarity on the matter. Um, but it's it's a very difficult scenario. You, you pretty much, you're choosing between a donor and trading in someone who you don't trust. For what it's worth. And either way, yeah. it's it's not fun. For what it's worth, I think Todd Goldstein's the best of the forward ruck options. It's just... He is. We haven't spoken about Luke Jackson yeah. yet. Can we, can we just quickly say why we hate him? Because we both hate <laughs> well, him. Well, let, let me just let, let me just quickly touch on that. Okay, Goldson's yeah, sorry, still okay. 530K, right? So depending on if it's Proust or if it's English, that will make a difference in which 
um, player you're looking to trade in. But, you know, Wits is only 60K more. So I, I would be trying to make that effort to bring in Wits then if you could afford him. And if you can't, Darcy, um, Sean Darcy is only, you know, 20K more. And Darcy against Carlton is a really good matchup, I think. Pistol, I have Darcy and can't afford Yeah, so that, that's that's basically when we say that's team dependent. Only then I would be looking at these ruck forward options and that yep. means that then Goldstein falls as like the next choice. And when you get to the Goldstein stage, I think that's when you really consider team dependent on if I should cop the donut or if I should not cop the donut. Yeah, It's not a good matchup against Rob either. For Goldstein. No, no, it's not, as we just saw with, with Jared yeah. Witts. I think Goldstein's a little bit more mobile and can get yeah. points in, in more alternate ways than what Jared Witts does. Agreed. But um, essentially, it's still not a fun matchup. He's, he's not guaranteed to go 100 plus this week. Yeah. So another thing to consider. Um, I, th- I think you've turned me just with those last couple of sentences back to I'm, copying I'm the I'm not donut, trying either way. It's, it's up no, to no, no, you. No, no, no. I know, I know not, which is, <laughs> which is perfect, which is perfect. Um so just lastly, Luke Jackson, before we sort of move into our captaincy discussion, um, why do we why do we hate him, Pistol? Why do, why, yeah, you just put words in my mouth. I might, as, I might as, a, as, a, as a human being, as a humanitarian, as someone who plays football, as just from a personality standpoint, we don't like anything about him. And I'd like you to explain exactly Jesus, why. Jesus, that was quite targeted and harsh. I'm sure, it's okay, a fine no. bloke. Can I, um, can I backpedal? Can I back? We actually love Luke Jackson, <laughs> but um, I don't think he's a good selection this week. Yeah, look, Luke Jackson, we all know, is like going to have an amazing career, is amazing potential. He looks like he's going to be an absolutely wonderful footballer. But the fact of the matter is, Gorn's listed as two to four weeks on the injury list. If that is two weeks, you buy Luke Jackson, who what's his best case he he plays rob in round 16 but i think he probably gets towed up anyway maybe 110 in both weeks is like best case scenario for luke jackson that that would be incredible that would be i said best case scenario beyond my expectations yeah, yeah. no no i'm i'm agreeing yeah that is absolutely best case scenario and then what gone comes back and you get a guy who has to this point in the season only averaged 82 um is he your f6 then is he your f is he your R2? I mean, if you're making this move and he's going to sit at your R2, like, no, like, definitely not. If he's going to be sitting as your F7, I can see there being merit in it because then it's just cover for the season. You probably won't really need him. Um, but if he's your F6, no. Like, you're gaining this week, best case scenario, 110. I think it's it's likely it's, it's what, 90, 95 points, um, which is great value for money. Um, but then you're losing points on whoever you just probably traded out. I mean, if you're coming from a Bruce, you're almost definitely losing points every round after that for the rest you're of the season. You're losing points from next week, yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if Bruce didn't outscore Jackson by round 23 by 80 points. I'd be quite surprised. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, also, his break-even's 89. I, I suppose I would get this if it was more of a money grab, um, with the points upside as well, but it, it's not. He's he's probably drop. <laughs> maintaining at best this week. He might drop this week. Um, I don't understand people's projection though. Garing, going into the ruck doesn't guarantee you points. Um, he's undersized. He he. I'm sure he's going to score better than what he has been. Um, but like ninety 
95. Like they've got Oscar Mack. He's a big, big lad. Riley O'Brien. And, that, and he's got Reese Stanley. Big lad. Those are three ruck oppositions who I would not want my jumping jack, like athletic ruckman who's extremely undersized to be playing against to score points. Against Finlayson, against Poor, if he gets there, that's then great. absolutely I could see a good score. But then that's it. Gorn's back. If he, if he even makes it that far, Gorn is now back and he's averaging 80 and you've got to deal with him for the rest of the season. And you're not trading him out because if you're getting someone like Luke Jackson, you, you are not someone who has a surplus of trades. Um, otherwise, you're just using an extra trade and going up to other Goldstein or Wits or whichever recommend it is that you don't have Darcy. Um, so just do that. Yeah. Do one of the other options. Uh, don't don't get Luke Jackson. I think particularly those that have Proust and are thinking Proust to Jackson for that 80 points. Honestly, I mean, Proust was averaging 110 um, before last week on the season. And looked good as well before the injury this if week. If he's going to get... If he's if he's going to average 110 for every game for the rest of the season, I mean, he's going to outscore Luke Jackson anyway. You've wasted the trade um, and you've not just wasted the trade, but there's that opportunity cost of trying to optimize your team and you could be gaining more I thought points. you were going to say you've not just wasted a, team, but a trade, but you've wasted our time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. No, that was, the, the opportunity cost is, is there as well. So I, I, I don't really understand the Jackson pick outside of F7 cover. I think F7 cover is reasonable. Oh, I think I think it becomes a good pick. Yeah. F7 R3 cover. I think it then becomes a good pick. Yeah, so do I. If you can do that. Yeah. Um and he's and he's cheap enough to make that a good pick. Um anyways. So that summarizes that. I just want to quickly run through the names and just see what your thoughts are on holding or trading. This is going to be super easy for you. Um, Cuz I have more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tim English. Yes, you got to hold Tim English. Max Gorn if you still have him. I think you've got a trade. I, I would be more surprised. Yeah. Like he's a big dude and coming back from him and a bad ankle injury that, that feels like it's probably going to be close to the... T- I mean, I'd be surprised if it's two. I'm not out of the question. He recovered really quickly in his last major injury. Um, but I, I, it's, you know, four weeks is I think the more likely of those two scenarios. So it's a trade for me. Yep, agreed. Um, wait, just quickly on that. What if you? What if you? What if Jackson was that R three F seven guy in your team? Would you hold him for the extra couple of weeks? I don't even think he's worth it. He, he, he wasn't even scoring incredibly. Like he had a couple of big scores. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's worth holding for four weeks for. Uh, like he's not. He's not one twenty five max score. No, that the thing is, Jackson might go like one thirty, one thirty, fifty, one thirty. And then you're like, oh, that was worth it. But then it's it's like not that good. Like that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's like absolutely best case. But like, I, I just don't see these really really massive scores from him. I think it's likely just kind of does what those mid tier athletic rucks. I mean, I feel bad calling mid tier is obviously a very talented player, but the ruck run is bad. Like it's not a good three round ruck run. So okay, yeah. okay. Braden Bruce. I feel like an idiot saying hold. Appa- appara- apparently fear just the one week suspension. The, the, his suspension risk might be higher than his injury it's risk. So and that's bad. saying something. I can't I, believe I don't it. understand. Not only has he got himself suspended, but he's he's knocked out and concussed our backup Ruckman, the flog. Um, not a flog in real life, but just damn it, Bruce. The timing on that is, is absolutely incredible. He, he might- he's ruled himself out and taken our other Ruck with him. It's unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, 
but he was injured and they took longer in GWS light. Like, how can you possibly trust GWS? But I'm, I'm willing to risk it. We find it. out next week, though. The problem is he's yeah. such a cheap price for his potential output that I'm willing to risk it for one week. And if, if they come back next week and they say, oh, it's going to be, you know, two weeks or whatever it is, I'm not going to cop two donuts. I'll just trade in Darcy then um, at a cheaper price. I think that's the play for me. Good play. Um, this one goes without saying, but Tickle, I suppose, is well, he's, he's just at a hold. Yeah. What can Let's you do? Um, last one, Zach Butters. <laughs> I was wondering when we'd get around to Butters. Yeah, I thought I'd save him for last. I mean, I would love you to, to talk to us about Butters. I mean, I feel like it you'd do, like it to do it's, that. It doesn't require much. He's he's listed as one to two weeks. Port are very honest with their injury assessments. Last time he had this exact injury last season, it was one week. Um, at the point of the injury, I said in the chat, it is likely one to two weeks um, because he's, he's done this exact thing before. So um, he has a good speedy recovery time. He even came back from the synesmosis nice and early. Um, I would be surprised if this stretched out beyond... I'd honestly be surprised if it stretched out beyond the one week. Um, All right. But say say it just goes for the two, like he's listed, one to two. Um, that's still a hold. He, he's still a premium. He was scoring extremely well before the injury. Um, and off uh, the lowest CBA count he's had all, all season, um, back to that half-forward role that we started him for last year, not expecting the CBA rises. Um, he, he's just a good scorer wherever he plays um, when, it, when, when he's not having stuff like this happen. <laughs> the, I do understand. I absolutely understand if people have um, extra trades and they take this opportunity to move the guy who keeps on battering, ramming himself into teammates and, and into injuries. Um, but let's not get it twisted. He's still not someone who's entirely injury prone. Um, he's very bad luck prone still. Um, and I know people are going to keep on mocking me for just continually saying, oh, it's bad luck, it's bad luck. Um, he tackled someone who fell across his knee in the most awkward fashion. The week before, it was a, a head knock with his teammate. The, the Power Pepper incident was again with his teammate. Like These aren't incidents that you look at and go, oh my God, two knocks from teammates and someone falling across their knee, they're, they're extremely injury prone. Um, and I know it keeps happening, but I, I, I don't know which gypsy cursed him, but I still don't put him in the category of, oh, he's likely to miss games in the run home. Um, so I think I think for me, he's personally a hold, but I understand if people just want to get off the roller coaster if they have a surplus of trades. I think this one for me is a bit more team dependent. If you're going to cop a donut, I don't think Butters is... He's, he's expensive enough that I would be comfortable upgrading him. I think if you don't own Libba and you're going to cop a donut, um, that would probably be a move I would make because that feels like you know 105 for the rest of the season and points every week. Um, I'm not sure if I would like sideways trade to Heaney because you're getting another equally injury-prone player and his scoring is a bit erratic. What about the player? Yeah, I, I actually... It's, I don't think I might. I think that one, it goes back down to how many trades you got. If you have Stewart already, if you don't have Stewart, I mean, Stewart's a big priority, I think, for teams that don't have Stewart. I think Steele is a nice to have, um, but a very nice to have, a very, very nice to have. Um, if you have the trades, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't mind just because he's not, he's not like threatening to be a you know top one to three player in his line. Like he is a fringe f6 anyway so um i just would try and keep the risk minimal to my trade in i wouldn't go like really speculative 
Odds on you starting butters next season before we move on to captains. It's almost zero. <laughs> yeah, it's the Basically, same for me. On, He's it's pushing that never again. It's not because he's like a bad player or anything, it, but it, he's just he's just luck prone at this point. I mean, how? you just want to see him get a full season out before you, exactly. you trust him. I mean, it's kind of like the Heaney thing where I, I just don't trust his body, yep. so I stay away and and I'll trade him in with eight rounds to go. But I wouldn't trade. I, I don't think I could start him. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. With, with all this poor luck and up and down roller coaster BS, he's still averaging over ninety. That's crazy. Like he's obviously he's obviously got the talent. He was going to get 130 this week if, if he didn't get injured. 200. He was um, on 60 yeah. quarter time. Yeah, I mean he was going mammoth. So like he's obviously got the talent. There's something there, but it, it's just it just keeps happening, doesn't it? So he's absolutely unlikely to start in my team next year. So um, I'm keen to VC him round one. Um, <laughs> the captaincy options for this week, um, we've got a, a clash of the big boys. I don't know how Brisbane go in eating the super coach pie, but Melbourne versus Brisbane, there's obviously the um, the Clayton Oliver factor here and the Lockie Neal factor coming in at, at once. Um, and colliding like a star. There are a lot of good VC options. So let me just quickly flick some at you. Clayton Oliver versus Lockie Neal in the Thursday night game. Uh, you got the Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. Uh, so you got the mobile Tim English against the immobile Reeves. Um, and then you've obviously got the Bontepelli and McRae factors and Dunkley, who's been scoring up and down. I, but I've got well. a feeling that English is not going to score well this week. You don't well, reckon? It's not playing. Oh my god! Yeah, all right. <laughs> got all right, you. Just me. All right, fair play. Um, you've got McRae still in that matchup, yep. so he's still playing this week. Parish versus West Coast um, is is one if if Parish is named to play, uh, and then we flick on a bit, and there's Carlton early Saturday. There's there's a few plays in that, and and etc. So all the way to Laird versus North Melbourne, which seems like the safest captaincy option if you own him. So. Of those VCCs, is there a potential Clary slash Neil into a McRae yep. or into a Parish? Yeah. Um, could you wait, hold your VC all the way to Darcy versus Carlton? Is that something to be doing if you've got Laird? Um, what do you reckon? There's a lot of options this week. I'm not scared of a Turner tag. I think I think I would be captaining Laird if I owned him. Um, I just don't own yep. him. Um, I think Mills is a really good captaincy option against St Kilda at their CG. Even when they put him behind the ball, um, he still scores well. He still scores he's well. Good. Yeah, he's, he's just a really good player. Good player. So they're player. they're probably the two. I don't own either of them, but they're the ones that I'd be looking at captaining if I did own. I think for people that don't own them, like myself, you're probably looking at what you said earlier: an Oliver or a Neil into McRae. It's going to be tough to choose between Oliver and Neil. Um, you're hoping that the game is like tight the whole time and they get all the scaling points. Um, so uh, can we get can we just go one into the other and decide at half time <laughs> or something? It's 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 tough. I mean, as well, like I thought Cripps, like possession wise and everything, like he was really threatening. He just you know had a bad super coach game as well. He, he had the best 79 I've ever yeah, seen in super coach. I, I thought he was so unlucky to not get a bigger score. Yeah. Um, I was complaining about that all all game long. So, but essentially, I, I think you, you're spot on. We're going one of those Thursday night guys into a Friday night. Um, what do you reckon about Parish if he if he does come back? Is he a better option than McRae? I mean, I don't think so. But I'm only saying that if if he was if he played last week, I'd say yes. I just I'm not really sure how play like even if he's past fit, is he like 100 percent fit or is he like 95 percent fit? 
I think it's as simple as if you're an owner, and I've done this a lot this year, um, you just accept the fact that him playing is enough of a win and you don't need to double down on that. Yeah, okay. Um, him playing and him, even if he goes 180 and you're like, damn it, I consider captaining him. He played, he didn't get injured and he's he's still like a, even a bit of a PID at this point. So um, you're just happy that he plays and if he scores, great, that's a bonus. You're not upset that you didn't captain him because you're just happy that he's playing and you're not getting someone like Judson Clark off your bench. What about um, who we spoke about a couple of times, Darcy as a as an option, maybe as a VC option? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, pretty much got the highest VC ceiling in the game there um, if you want to try and spike if I one. If I had Laird and Darcy, I would do Darcy into Laird personally. And what about... Jared Witts against Port. They've got no Ruckman at all. Uh, there's something about Port and and coming up against Ruckman who should dominate them, like Max Gorn should have a couple of years ago. I mean, he did this um, season, right? And then, no, this season he did. But a, Isn't that the same Ruckman? We had, we had Lysette. No, no, we had Lysette. Oh, yeah, and he played with half an arm. That wasn't good. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't good. Uh, there's just something about Port. They actually put their, do their homework into Ruckman. But how so, do you stop? Like, Wits is so big. So, they're going to shark, try and shark as many taps as possible. But it just means- I think they'll shark yeah. and I think I think they'll give him trouble around the ground as well and just try and get him beat up between the contests, um, which they did to Gorn, which which really got under Gorn's skin and he, he gave away a couple of Ruck frees that day as well. So, look, I, I'm, this might just be superstitious, but I, I just don't, I don't think... Port are the type to give up the obvious high score. If, you, if I went through every Port match this year, I reckon the highest score of the opposition player would be someone who you probably wouldn't predict in your first couple of guesses. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards Wits just because if he gets 80 hitouts this week, how badly can he really score? Um, yeah, so that's kind well, of <laughs> it's true. I mean, but with that being said, I'm terrible at captains this season. Negative so. one, negative one, <laughs> negative. He'll go negative eighty with those eighty hitouts. <laughs> it's the shark, shark um, So I'm, I'm playing around between Oliver, McRae, and, and Wits. I think. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to go Oliver into McRae. I, I think that just seems like the safest thing. It was probably the safest thing round one and, and, and it's still one of the safest things right now. So both of them averaging over 120. If they both avoid a 120 score, then um, we'll just put that down to really bad luck. I think that's the, the those are the guys. So I'd love a 120 captaincy score. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I captained uh, English this week. Yeah, well... Screw you. <laughs> my, my other captaincy option was Took, so I, I gained 10 points, but it was very nerve-wracking. Yeah. All right. Well, I think... Uh, does, that, does that wrap us up, JB? That does. Do you, you love going through the Twitters, but I'm not going to let you okay. this time. You can catch us at JB underscore DRSC, Pistol underscore DRSC, Cheese over the Z at... Um, well, at Cheese over the Z <laughs> underscore DRSC, and then the main at Dr underscore SC. So... Um, please leave feedback we, we do love hearing feedback positive or negative um, negative mainly geared towards Chizo because he's not here um, thanks everyone for listening good luck this week in your conundrums because I'm sure you have plenty as we do um, and Donut for Donuts should be popular this week so I need to I need to do mine if I choose to go against God's team as well so look for that next week thanks everyone for listening and have a good week Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 